Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Viper, Grant Barfield. Michael Fabiano is off today. Hopefully he'll be back with us on Wednesday, which I guess is a good way to let you know. We are down to two shows a week. We are Monday and Wednesday. You guys don't want to work on Friday. We don't want to work on Friday. So we're going to do Monday and Wednesday. Who so, wants uh, to work on Friday? Right, exactly. So, uh, hey, Graham, welcome back. Happy New Year, man. Thank you. Same to you, man. And uh, it's, it's good to be back. Yeah. I had some travel and uh, some family stuff going on and it's kind of a hectic holidays, right. but uh, it feels good to be back. feels good to be back in the swing of things and uh, happy to be back. Absolutely. Um, well, we got, uh, we got plenty to talk about today. I mean, we will go through some of the coaching carousel issues because there has been news on that front this morning. So we'll talk about that. Uh, one big question for at least this episode, uh, talking about Tom Brady and what his future is going to be. Also looking at some guys who maybe could bust or at least be disappointing next year. And we'll kind of gauge whether or not that's going to work. We'll do some fun stuff, too, at the end of the, the show, because it's the off season for us. And now we have time to, to do fun things. There are no Game of Thrones recaps. Sorry, folks. Uh, we haven't found a new show to, to go and do, but uh, you know, we'll do something fun anyway. But before we do all that, we'll go behind the glass, talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Guys, it's a pretty good Monday if you're a, a Giants fan. Well, I think any football fan's happy that the Pats lost. Pretty much. And then yeah. if you're a Giants fan, you have the Eagles lost. And then uh, I guess I don't think Giants fans as a, as a group wanted Mike McCarthy as head coach. Um, he's, you know, 
he's a pretty vanilla option. It was a pretty it was right. like, yeah, if you get him, great. If you don't, it's like, yeah, whatever. So I think today is probably that one of the happiest uh, Mondays I've had in uh, quite some time. All right. Does that, well, that, does that erase the sting of, of potentially losing Chase Young? Uh, I yeah I guess I I don't know if I, I, don't know if I said that on the sh- on the show but I, I after watching that last Eagles Giants game uh, the one that the Giants almost won if it wasn't for a Daniel Jones fumble which mm-hmm. is that which is the the point of the story is like he fumbled why because he has no protection and I'm, part of me was like oh maybe they do need a left tackle instead of Chase Young so maybe they need to try to get uh, Andrew Thomas from Georgia somehow or I don't know spend money on a left or, move sold the right tackle and get a new left like they that that to me is like actually option number one or bright idea dave gettleman does something he's never done before trade back. and he trades back yeah. <laughs> it's something that. he should actually do and trade no, back. I, I, I well pigs will fly before he <laughs> <laughs> uh one thing i do want to do on this show as we get closer as we get into the meat of draft season um you know i, I want to try to get maybe rhett lewis uh maybe we can get bucky brooks and or Daniel. i know daniel jeremiah is a tough ask this time of year because he's crazy busy but uh, you know, Rhett Lewis, who's our pal who hosted NFL Fantasy Live this year and is also part of the the uh, Path to the Draft show. Uh, hopefully we can get him on and we can talk some of these draft prospects, oh, yeah. too, because that'd be fun. We can make that happen. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, that's enough chit chat. Let's do some news. The news. All right, we will start in Dallas. So last night when I was writing this rundown, the latest news was that the Cowboys finally, after just a labored and tortured week, finally pulled the plug on the Jason Garrett era as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So that was last night. This morning I get here and I sit down here in the podcast studio. And just as I open up Twitter, I see the breaking news that Mike McCarthy has been hired as the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this would be perfect to have Fabs here for, obviously, to get his take. Uh, And I'm sure when he comes back on Wednesday, he will have thoughts and we will get those thoughts from him then. But, I mean, in the short term, Graham, with us you know, really kind of just processing this news as it's just happening, I, I don't know what to, th- what to think about it. I do know Mike McCarthy said in recent weeks that he's changing his approach. He really wants to dive in and be more analytical with this sort of thing. He understands that he's got to adapt. So I know that's going to make a certain segment of Twitter very, very happy. Does this mean anything big for Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, at all, you know, all those guys there. You know, I think I think that's the big thing is like how much is Mike McCarthy willing to change? Because the last time we saw McCarthy, he, he was definitely not a forward thinking coach. All right. Um, apparently, there is a report. Uh, he, he said he's going to hire it wherever he goes. This was obviously before the Cowboys news, but before wherever he was going to go, he's going to hire a 12 man team of, you know, kind of analytics experts, guys that are going to help him review film, review data. Uh, get really deep into the weeds with PFF data, get deep into the weeds with NGS and GPS tracking data. That's all encouraging, but it's just, you know, we it, it remains to be seen if McCarthy will actually uh, make his, his words true. Obviously, though, he's got so... I mean, this is the same thing we've been talking about with Dallas, especially on offense for the last couple of years. It's like they have so many weapons and they just continually un- underachieve. And right. At least we've seen Mike McCarthy get fantastic seasons out of his big-time weapons in the past. I mean, Jordy Nelson had just monster, monster fantasy Mm -hmm. seasons under McCarthy. Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson were both top 12 receivers. And, and you know, I think, if anything, McCarthy will know how to use those two guys. He'll know how to use his two top weapons between Gallup and Cooper. But at the same time, I'm 
I, I kind of just feel like this is a bit of a bland hire. <laughs> right. You know, like McCarthy, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if McCarthy has grown and has changed. That, that would be exciting because, mm-hmm. I mean, anything analytically driven, literally anything analytically driven would be the opposite of Jason Garrett. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for that aspect. It's just it, it still feels a bit bland to me. Is it? And like I, I really don't know the answer. Is it bland because we've just seen McCarthy and we sort of know what he is, or is it bland because just a few weeks ago we were talking about Lincoln Riley? Probably, yeah. You know, we were talking about Lincoln Riley and and him bringing that Oklahoma offense potentially to Dallas and and maybe doing what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do down in Arizona and something like that. And so then to go from there to Mike McCarthy, it does feel sort of like a letdown. I, I think know. that's probably it. I think that's probably it. I mean, I wanted Lincoln Riley just selfishly just right. to see what he could do with Dak and all those guys. So maybe that is what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I get it, though. Jerry Jones uh, reportedly wanted somebody who has had a bunch of head coaching experience, and Mike McCarthy is pretty easily the best option available if you're going that way. Well, especially once Ron Rivera was yeah, off the market. Exactly. Um, you know, I also wonder, we may never know this, I wonder how much Oklahoma getting boat raced by True. LSU had to do, <laughs> had to do with not, Lincoln They were not even competitive in that game. Not even a little bit. And I just wonder if Jerry looked at that and said, eh, yeah, maybe not. Uh, more coaching news. Kevin Stefanski, who is the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, who are surprisingly still playing right now in the NFL playoffs. Uh, He is on the block to be interviewed by the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers, both of whom let their coaches go. Uh, At the same time, Josh McDaniels, who has a lot of free time now, uh, he is scheduled to conduct some coaching interviews on January 10th. Now, what, Browns, Panthers are the jobs that are still out there right now. Am I missing anybody? I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Of the that's open it. jobs. Uh, either one of these guys excite you in, in either one of those jobs there. I, you know, I'm excited to see what McCarthy, or excuse me, not McCarthy, but McDaniels does, because I, you know, it's felt like for years he's been kind of waiting in the wings for another shot. Mm-hmm. And and now he's finally going to get it. And and the Browns job in particular is very, very appealing to me because of all the weapons and after Baker Mayfield's terrible season, I'd love to see when McDaniels could kind of scheme up around him there. Uh, just wanted to note too yesterday, kind of going off topic, Kevin Stefanski did a fantastic job scheming against the Saints. Yes, he did. Uh, yesterday, and Kirk Cousins finally vindicated all of his truthers. Um, had a fantastic regular season and, and really played lights out yesterday. And Stefanski called a fantastic game. Now, obviously, they have to travel cross-country to play the 49ers this coming week. Right. T- much. I mean, they went in New Orleans and won, but still, that's an insanely tough spot to go into Santa Clara and win. No doubt. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious with McDaniels. You know, I, I know the one thing everyone keeps bringing up is the fact that he basically pulled the shoot on Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, he took he the did. job. He did. Showed it for a couple of days and then decided, nah. But they got lucky because they kind of backed into a really great coach. They did. Reich. I mean, obviously, the Colts had a really tough year with Luck retiring unexpectedly. Right. Uh, but Frank Reich was, was has been fantastic for them for the last two years. Yeah. No, you're right. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I suspect Josh McDaniels, if he wants a job, will get a job. You know, he may look at, at at Cleveland and Carolina and decide, you know what, neither one of these are the right fit. Um, but they're two, the, you know, the Panthers just have a lot up in the air between Cam's yes. health and his contract. Right. The Browns have legitimately good They've players. got pieces. It's just you want to go play for Jimmy or, you know, coach for Jimmy Haslam. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Both of them have things to consider there, right? I mean, I think in Carolina, you've got a new owner there who seems very committed to trying to build something great and committed to winning. 
but you're right. The pieces, yeah, they're still a work in progress. Cleveland is sort of the opposite situation there. Uh, You mentioned Frank Reich, which brings us to Indianapolis, which uh, Chris Ballard, the general manager there in Indy, says, quote, the jury's still out on Jacoby Brissett as a franchise quarterback. You know, look, I I like Jacoby Brissett. I ended up having to pick him up in a lot of leagues where I drafted Andrew Luck early on in draft season. I feel safe in saying that he's not a franchise. He's a nice seat filler, right? He's a stopgap until you find your franchise quarterback. But I feel like, yeah, I don't know if that's them trying to be polite, but I feel like we sort of know who Jacoby Brissett is after seeing him a couple of times. Sure, I, I think there's a little bit of that. But, you know, to start the season, Brissett was really good for fantasy. I mean, he had some really big touchdown games. And after T.Y. Hilton got hurt in week eight, his production really started to fall off. Um, from weeks one through seven here, uh, Jacoby Brissett threw 14 touchdowns. And from then on, after uh, Hilton got hurt, he got hurt in week eight. Uh, Brissett just had four touchdown passes from weeks nine until the end of the season. So I, I get what they're saying. And you're probably right that talent-wise, Jacoby Brissett's not the premier quarterback that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Brissett's good enough and he played well enough to show that like, if you have good pieces around him, like T.Y. Hilton, two good tight ends, Eric Ebron also got hurt. To end the season, if you've got good pieces around him, you can win with Jacoby Brissett, but right. it's just one of those types of things. It has to be a perfect environment for him. Uh, speaking of which, it, it appears that they are moving on from Eric Ebron. I think that was the statement yeah. I saw last week that that he is yeah. not expected to be back there. Um, so, Jack Doyle? That, <laughs> that open the I, wanted, I mean, Jack, well, I wanted Jack Doyle so badly to be a thing at the end of the year, and he only had the one good game. Yeah, uh, He was just really, I don't know if he was battling through injury or end-of-the-year stuff, whatever it was, he just did not produce without Ebron. Yeah. Colts could be a sneaky bet for a quarterback, though. They have the 13th overall pick. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not sure what type of capital they have in the second and third round, but they, they could be... They could be in the mix for a quarterback. Yeah, that would be interesting. Absolutely there. Uh, and, you know, th- look, th- their pieces aren't bad. You mentioned T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. I mean, Marlon Mack played well this year when he was healthy. You know, Jack Doyle can be a good tight end if they need him to be. So, th- you know, th- it's not all bad there in uh, in Indianapolis. They've got a good defense. They've, they've built their offensive line. So uh, it, it's, it certainly is, I think, on the up and up side, I think, there for uh, for the Colts. Last bit of news, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey are on the 2019 NFL All-Pro teams. Christian McCaffrey making it unanimously twice, right? Unanimously yeah. as a running back, unanimously as a flex, which I honestly didn't know that the All-Pro team had a flex position. I didn't understand it either. And why would they use... Uh, so Christian McCaffrey made it as a running back, right? Yes. And a flex. And a flex. Why wouldn't they give that to, like, Austin Eckler? He seems like right. a perfect guy for a flex spot. Right. So, Runner receiver. So it, it did yeah. make me think, though, of like if we're going to put together our, our all-fantasy team for, for 2019, I mean, figure Lamar Jackson's got to be our quarterback, yes, right? absolutely. Uh, Christian McCaffrey at one running back spot. Aaron Jones, number two? I think Aaron Jones. Or jo- Dalvin Cook. See, I was going to go Aaron Jones or Dalvin Cook. Like, I was, you know, so I, I think Aaron Jones is probably my pick. I mean, I, you can't go wrong with either one. Right. You can't go wrong. That's a tough call. Receiver is obviously Michael. Michael Thomas is that is receiver. Um, I mean, who's our who's our second wide receiver there? Chris Godwin, maybe Julio I, Jones. I think Godwin just based on where you picked him. Yeah, fourth, fifth round pick. I would think so. Yeah. All right, so we'll put Chris Godwin here. Uh, well, as, and you mentioned the flex. I think Austin Eckler yep. slides into that flex spot right there, right? Flex play. <laughs> uh, and then tight end, we go we go Kittle. Would you go Travis Kelsey? I mean, Kelsey, or would you go Darren Waller based on Ooh. on draft position there? Wow. Because we ex- we expected what we got from Kelsey and Kittle. They they pretty much performed through expectations. I, you know, 
Kittle and Kelsey are better players, but that's yes. real. I think I'd give it to Waller just because. Yeah, uh, I think it's deserving. Because of the value. I, he was a 15th round pick or a waiver wire pickup. Right. I mean, and he produced as a top five tight end. He was the number three. Yeah, Yeah. he was the number three tight end when it was all said and done. So, all right. I thought that was just a little fun thought exercise to kind of go through and and figure it out who uh, who would be our all fantasy. Uh, tie. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Dalvin Cook and uh, and Aaron Jones as a tie or something. They can share it because <laughs> it's not like we're giving out any actual awards here, so it's all good. Uh, there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. Uh, you know, kind of new thing for the offseason we'll do occasionally. Just the one big question. That, not that that's going to be the only thing we talk about on this show. But it was a thing that was on my mind after what we saw on Saturday night with the Patriots losing to the Tennessee Titans. So New England is done. Their run, at least for this year, is over. But obviously the big conversation is whether or not this is the end of the New England dynasty, whether we have seen the last of the Patriots as a consistent contender uh, for a Super Bowl title. And the even bigger question is, what is the future for Tom Brady? Now, he says retirement is, quote, pretty unlikely after the loss. He is going to be a free agent for the first time in his career. They cannot franchise him. They, they can't tag him in any sort of way. Uh, so, I mean, unless... You know, as we are sitting here talking right now, they somehow come to a, a new contract agreement or what have you. Tom Brady is going to be on the open market. Now, there are obviously there are 31 teams that I think would at least have some level of interest in in Tom Brady. The top six uh, per our friends in the desert, if I were uh, Al Michaels, um, Cleveland Browns, Carolina Panthers, the Las Vegas Raiders I almost said Oakland. But at this point, they're the Las Vegas Raiders. The Dallas Cowboys, which I think is interesting, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm not going to pretend that I know what Tom Brady is going to do, nor will I try to you know suggest what he should do. But let's say he actually does not retire, right? If he comes back for another year in the National Football League, is there one of those or maybe another team that excites you the most about him? Um you know, I, I think the odds on favorite is he goes back to New England and, and him and Belichick get in a room. Uh, they figure out their differences and they make one last ride because Brady's not going to end his career on that pick six. Right. I that, mean, that seems. Yeah. No, no. That seems what, unlikely. No matter what. Uh, he's not going to end his career on that pick six. Uh, I think the Steelers are the most interesting team, depending on depending on what Big Ben does mm-hmm. uh, this offseason, because uh, as you've mentioned, uh, his arm disintegrated this past year, it did. <laughs> and it's it's not like Big Ben has been the the uh, he's not been a bastion of health uh, over over his NFL career, and now he's you know he's getting up there in age. He'll be 38 this year. Brady will be 43. Um, I, I think the Steelers are really interesting. And you mentioned the Browns at the top. Like, mm-hmm. is that just muscle reflex? It's got to be. I mean, the Browns have been looking habitually. For <laughs> it's got to be. Like, are we that out on Baker Mayfield after one bad year with? one of the five worst head coaches in the NFL. Yeah, I don't th- that one surprised me. The Cowboys surprises me a yeah, little bit too because they're just trying to get bets there. It's got to be, right? They're because trying, they're just trying to make because Dak is playing well. He played well this year. It, it just seems like it plus it just seems like he is he's more of a long-term option and I I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, less expensive option that whatever, but and it I, just doesn't make sense. I just don't see Brady in Vegas. I don't I don't see Brady in Vegas necessarily, but part of me it would be fun. The evil part of me <laughs> would love to see how Raider fans react to Tom Brady as yeah. their quarterback, because look, man, 
Raider fans will always look at Tom Brady and they will always think the tuck rule. Yep. And that is that is honestly to me where those two franchises went in opposite directions, right? Absolutely. From that point, the Raiders just couldn't figure it out. They've wandered in the wilderness for basically 20 years and the Patriots have been on top. And I think it, it, it all kind of started with that play. So I do wonder how Raider fans would react if Tom Brady was their quarterback. The other team that keeps getting a lot of traction is the Chargers. And... I do know that the Chargers have to start looking at their quarterback situation very soon, right? I mean, we, we very well may have seen the last of Phillip Rivers in a Charger uniform. They could go a different direction this offseason. I don't know, though, what is the benefit of the Chargers adding Tom Brady necessarily? Yeah, I mean, it kind of just kicks the can down the road for them. Um, you know, I guess maybe the Chargers view their roster as, as like a win-now roster. And, Which and I could see that. I could see that too. It's just you know, it's the same thing with with LA every single year. It's they just underperform based on yeah. their talent. I mean, they've got so many guys around them. But the Chargers, uh, we'll talk about it obviously more this offseason. But the Chargers, I think, are one of the three most interesting team because you have Rivers' contract expiring, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon's contract is, is expiring, right. Austin Eckler's contract is expiring. He'll be <laughs> probably cheaper than Gordon. Then you have all these pieces on defense that they have so much talent on defense that they should be much better on defense uh, you know I, I don't know i you know i just don't know if i can see brady not wearing a patriots, uniform. patriots uniform i just yeah. I, for right i mean maybe the game is still in the back of my mind that titans game is still in the back of my mind and i just can't see it yet um but i just don't i don't see brady going to a non-prestigious franchise if that makes sense yeah well i i, I definitely think wherever he goes if if for whatever reason he leaves new england right he is going to go to a team that is a legitimate contender. Yeah. He's not, I mean, at 42, going soon to be 43 years old, um, he's not going to go to a place that's rebuilding. And, and that's the thing, is if he goes back to New England, they're automatically a top five. If you put Super Bowl mm-hmm. odds for 2021, they would automatically be one of the top five teams. Right. Easily. Yeah. I, I Look, the other part about the Chargers is, I know people say that you bring Tom Brady in and potentially you sell tickets, and I know that's a, a thing that the Chargers have had a hard time doing. I will tell you, though, that as someone who's lived in Los Angeles for, you know, coming up on 20 years now, what sells tickets more than anything else is just winning. Yep. Right? And maybe maybe Tom Brady gives you a short-term boost in terms of, of you know, putting butts in seats, but if – if they don't go out and win that short time, I mean, I, I, I was here when the, you know, I'm going to kind of go off board here, but when, when the LA Galaxy signed David Beckham, right? And this was like the biggest free agent signing in LA in a long time, and you're bringing this guy who's an international superstar here. And for a short time, yeah, it did kind of bring people out. But after you've seen it once or twice, and if the team's not any good, People find other things to do. So I, I think that's the one thing I would worry about with the uh, with the Chargers there. Now, we, you talked about if he comes back to New England. I mean, you're right. They are probably going to be, once again, considered a contender. And But do you look at – what does that mean offensively, right, fantasy-wise, since that's what we do here? I mean, do we still believe in Julian Edelman? Do we still believe in James White, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead? I mean, they were – okay at best this year? I mean, yeah. do we still think the same way with everybody being a year older now? Well, Edelman, I think no matter what, will catch 90 to 100 balls if Brady's there again next year. I mean, he this this past season, Edelman was a top five fantasy receiver once again with, uh, or excuse me, top eight fantasy receiver once again in PPR leagues uh, with Brady. 
under center, the, what they desperately need is someone to f- stretch the field. And they, they have tried so many different ways to do it between Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett this past season. They, they just absolutely need somebody to stretch the field. Nikhil Harry obviously uh, was up and down, to say the least. He was right. obviously injured for most of the season. It was really up and down when he played, had some really nice plays in the preseason and throughout the regular season, made a nice catch uh, against the Titans, but also had a bad drop in that game and just kind of showed that he wasn't fully ready. The, the biggest thing for the Patriots in, in Bill Belichick's tenure with New England, the only thing he's gotten consistently wrong is scouting receivers. Yes. He nailed Rob Gronkowski, right. nailed Aaron Jones, or excuse me, Aaron uh, Hernandez, got a, you know, a bunch of other incredible value picks. Mm-hmm. But the one bugaboo he's had is at receiver. And he, once again, he proved it. I mean, the really? best one the best one they've had, I mean, there's Julian Edelman, but yeah, it was Randy Moss who came. Yeah, via draft pick trade. Yeah. And this past year, he, I mean, for all better words, I mean, he threw away a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. Now, granted, he probably made that trade because the Patriots are a very sharp organization. They have, like, three or four more uh, comp, insert, uh, comp picks that they're going to get that are in the third round. He probably felt like that second-round pick was, was expendable. That being said, San, you know, Sanu for a second, I remember when that trade happened, you and I were both, like, you know, <laughs> right. kind of like peaked our interest. Yeah. Like, what, are we, what are we doing here? You know, and nothing really happened. I, th- I, I still think they're going to get in a room. They're going to figure it out. Belichick will find a way to get at least one more receiver to help out, uh, help out Brady. And they'll, they'll give it one more ride in the sunset. Um, so as for Brady himself, I mean, what we've seen from him in the last couple of years, he's been okay at best this year. I think he was the QB 12 last year. He was the QB 15. Is what we're seeing, is it, is, it a, is it about Brady sort of declining? Is it the fact that he hasn't had those wide receivers? Or is it, I mean, is it a combination of both? I mean, yeah. what, are, what are we thinking? I think it's, it's pretty much both. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear it's both. I mean, Brady still has the same, I won't say the same zip, but he's still got a lot of zip on the ball. Mm-hmm. And in this past year, it was so clear. He just had no help, no consistent help. They obviously tried to shoehorn AB in there, and mm-hmm. uh, that didn't work out either. It, you know, this past year, I think, was just kind of like uh, – it. Brady never had a set sort of weapons, right. you know, to go to and consistently lean on, lean on besides James White and Edelman. Yeah. Uh, so what? I don't know. This is going to be obviously one of the bigger storylines that that the NFL is following over the next, you know, who knows, couple of weeks, months, uh, maybe till we get to free agency. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, this will not be the last time we talk about Tom Brady and his future and what this means for us who play uh, fake football. So there you go. Uh, went through a handful of guys who had huge seasons. And trying to sort of project for next year whether or not we can expect regression. That's the, you know, the big R word that we talk about every single year. Whether or not we can expect regression, how much, and you know, what this means potentially for some of their, their draft futures. The first one that popped into my mind was Ryan Tannehill, who was just amazing down the stretch of the regular season. I'm sure he helped a lot of people win their fantasy leagues. 12 games that he played for the Titans, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. That you know was a, a career low in interceptions. His uh, previous career low had been nine, which was in 2018 when he played just 11 games. Uh, his previous career, or his career high, I should say, in touchdowns is 27. That was back in 2014. Everything worked out for Ryan Tannehill, right? I mean, he had receivers making plays for him. You know, his his touchdown rate, his interse- his touchdown rate was high. His interception rate was low. It was nice, Graham. It doesn't feel like it's sustainable for next yeah. year, and I wonder whether or not we're going to overrate him a little bit next yeah, year. Yeah, the touchdown rate is definitely going to come down, but, man, like A.J. Brown looks like the next Andre Johnson to me. Yeah. I mean, he has got a bona fide number one wide receiver, and obviously the Titans would be 
just obvious. <laughs> they would be brainless if they didn't bring Tannehill back, which which they will. I mean, they're going to make a, a pretty good run at this. Next week's game is going to be really interesting, too. Uh, Tannehill's touchdowns are going to regress, and it'll be really interesting to see where he goes in fantasy drafts, considering what we know about quarterbacks and how replaceable they are, et cetera, et cetera. You don't want to draft a quarterback earlier, et cetera, et cetera. But Tannehill, I don't know, man. Like If he's like a ninth, tenth round pick, if he floats around in that range, I'm definitely going to be interested in that. Which I feel like he will, right? He's going to be that guy that's sort of hanging around there in, in the ninth round it's and Tana- that you're going to be, it's going to be tempting. Yeah, Tannehill has, has sneaky rushing value too. And mm-hmm. like, as we've seen every single year now of the last couple, last couple years, rushing quarterbacks have so much value in fantasy football, even if right. it's just like 20 yards a game. Well, and the thing that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put out my things I learned for uh, the 2019 season uh, very shortly. And one of the things I talked about was that of the top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy this year, nine of them had at least 200 rushing yards. The only one that didn't was Aaron Rodgers. He was at 183. You know, he's sort of, I guess. Close enough, though. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very close. There were, I think there were three guys just outside that were outside the top 10 that had more. I mean, Gardner Minshew was one, but he obviously didn't play every single game. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is your Dolphins rushing leader. <laughs> you know, even Jameis Winston ran for 250 this year. Right, right. And so it's, it's to the point now where I think once upon a time, we looked at rushing quarterbacks and you know, we've always called them a cheat code. It used to be a nice luxury to have. Now, I think if you're going to win in fantasy football, it's it's almost mandatory yeah. that you have a quarterback who can run a little bit. Yeah, I agree. You know? I'm with you on that. You know, Lamar, obviously, Lamar Jackson, obviously, well, on a, the he's on a different level. But you need a guy who can at least run a little bit and make plays with his legs if you're going to be successful in, in fantasy football. Uh, Aaron Jones. We talked about him earlier on our you know fantasy all pro team for the for the season. 19 total touchdowns. Well, never had more than previously. Number. Never had never more than nine previously. That number, that 19, seemed really hard to duplicate. But what seems a little easier to duplicate? 285 touches. Yeah. It seems like the, the volume of opportunity is going to be there for him. So maybe the touchdowns don't come down, but the opportunity should at least still make him a, a relatively high pick. You know, Aaron Jones had such a roller coaster year. I mean, he had some just monster multiple touchdown games mixed in with just absolute duds. And it's, it's like his pass volume just went up and down every single week, too. You know, one week he catch four or five balls. The next week, he literally wouldn't see a target. Um, I, I think if he has more consistent usage, some of the touchdown, you know, because 19 touchdowns, he's probably not going to repeat that. But right. if he has more consistent volume week to week in the passing game, it'll kind of flesh out the the variance, I think, of losing a few touchdowns because he's not going to score 19 again. And Jamal Williams will always be involved there right. from Matt LaFleur. Both uh, Jones and Jamal Williams are going to the final year of their rookie deals. Um, but yeah, Aaron Jones is a lock for 280 to 300, maybe Three, 310 touches next year again is the the Packers lead guy and and, and man like talent wise just you know not even re- related to fantasy Aaron Jones is one of the four or five most talented oh, he's back, great. running backs in the NFL it's not even cl- I mean Christian McCaffrey uh, Dalvin Cook Derrick Henry Aaron Jones is like uh, Saquon Barkley he's up there in that conversation yeah and you know, it's funny too because especially after last year uh, everybody was just clamoring for him to get more opportunity, get more touches. And this year it happened, happened. and you know, we see the result there. So um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next year. Austin Eckler, another very interesting potential uh, you know, early round draft pick next year. Yeah. 92 catches on 108 targets, right? This is a guy who was involved in the passing game previously, but certainly not on the level that he was this year. That That, that seems like a thing that's going to be hard to duplicate, but... There is the potential that Melvin Gordon is gone. 
which opens up more opportunity. I, I mean, how much how much do we worry about Eckler's numbers coming down? I mean, I guess so much depends on what happens with Melvin Gordon, right? Right. That's the big thing. Um, you know, if you play in a dynasty league, right? I think Austin Eckler is probably the best veteran running back to trade for right now. Right. I I, I mean, not. I, I think it's not even close because. Gordon is going to try and ca- you know bang the cash register. Absolutely. It, for better or worse, wrong or right, Austin Eckler is going to take a, a, a smaller deal than Melvin Gordon. And I don't know if that should be the case. I think Austin Eckler is just as value, if, valuable, if not more valuable, than Melvin Gordon just because of what he brings in the passing game and all the things that he can do as a, as a receiver. But, man, if Gordon is not back, Austin Eckler has just – he has a path to being a top three, top, fa- top five fantasy running back this coming season. And, and right now he is not appropriately priced, I think in the long term, like dynasty community, because man, like he, you know, Eckler is only 24 years old, right? He came into the league really young. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on him. There's a two or three year window here for Eckler to be just a consistent force in fantasy football. If Melvin Gordon is not back. Yeah. I, I just, man, what he did this year. I mean, look, we, we talked about him early in the season when we knew Gordon was going to hold out as a guy that you could, you know, have, get him in sort of the middle rounds, have him as a stopgap. None of us expected him to come out of the gates the way he did. I mean, he was what? He was the RB1 for the, the first few weeks of the season. I think he was right? the RB1 for the first month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, and then since then, uh, you know, after they got, you know, Gordon ended his holdout and came back, Eckler was still like a top 10, top 12 fantasy running back. Yeah. I mean, he just, he, he just continued to kind of hang around. He finishes the season as the RB4 this year. Uh, you know, five, just 557 rushing yards. And I think Fab's actually asked this question. We should actually research this. But uh, that has to be the fewest number of rushing yards for a top five fantasy running back ever. 557. I, Probably pretty close to it. And I, yeah, I, would, interesting. I would think so just because, you know, PPR is, is still relatively new. Um, I can see. Yeah, let me see if I can so, turn this. Yeah, because I, I just can't imagine that anybody's had have fewer than 557 yeah. rushing yards there. Uh, so there you go. Uh, last one, and this one's, look, this is sort of a quibble here, right? Michael Thomas is going to be the consensus number one wide receiver off the board next year. He just set a record with 149 catches on 185 targets. I mean, it, it seems impossible to do again. I guess, though, if anybody could do it, it would be Michael Thomas working with Drew Brees in that offense, the way they operate. Um, in fact, I remember asking, I, I put the poll out on Twitter after we talked about it, Graham, but whether or not anybody would break that record. And a lot of the responses I got were, yeah, Michael Thomas. Would do it. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it's possible. I, I just, I just hope that no one expects Michael Thomas to come into next season and catch 150 balls. Oh. That, that just seems really hard. To yeah, do. no, he, he's not. I mean, he, I would be shocked if he caught 150 balls, but Michael Thomas, man, like, um, I haven't I haven't put just a ton of thought in this yet, but just like cursory glance at next year, Christian McCaffrey's number one overall pick. I Probably, think that's yeah. pretty consensus. Yeah. Michael Thomas has to be number two, right? I mean, it's either him or Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry has thrown his hat. Derrick Henry way. may get in there. Yeah, I think that see that may end up being the offseason question, so right? Dal- is who goes Dal- number two? Dal Cook or, or Michael Thomas? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas is. If Michael Thomas gets past number three, yeah, that'll be an upset. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, people are running back, uh, running back lovers but at the same time like michael thomas is for the last two years has had unparalleled consistency right at the at the uh receiver position so real quick back to your eckler point mm-hmm. i pulled up my database here uh top five running back finishes since 2000 and uh, it's actually since 2000 uh danny amendola back in 2000 and uh, i believe it was uh, 2000 
five. I had it here. Sorry, I just crashed on that. <laughs> uh, Danny, uh, Danny Woodhead finishes a top five fantasy running back uh, in 2015 with only 336 rushing yards. Okay. Uh, right. That was the that was the lowest. Was he was he was he a Charger then, or was that he was, with the Patriots? Yeah, I was about to say that was the year he was with the Chargers still. And actually, that was the year 2015 was a really bad year for for running back scoring, if I remember correctly, because there was a lot of um, injuries that year at the running back position. So that's why Woodhead snuck in, and now running back is just gangbusters for fantasy football. Um, but yeah, that was the lowest since 2000. All right, all right. Uh, I don't know if I can go back any. I can't go back any further than that in this database I have, but. Uh, yeah, Woodhead did it. Which it's funny too, because I I always joked that you know when Woodhead got hurt and Eckler burst on the scene a couple of years ago that he somehow absorbed Danny Woodhead's powers. Uh, and <laughs> they're kind of the same player. They're very much the same player, right? Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess it would make sense then that Danny Woodhead is the guy that that has uh, that has that. I'm pretty sure Darren Sproles had a year where he got real close to top five too mm-hmm. uh, with the Saints, and he only he rushed for like maybe 600 yards. So that was. Probably the third. All right. Yeah. Which Sproles was another guy who was a Charger for a, a little bit. So yes, he was. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Chargers are good at drafting these uh, these flex type of running backs. Apparently, apparently. Um, all right. Uh, as we wrap up the show, I was uh, I was you know sitting up late and putting this together and trying to think of something fun to do. And the idea of kind of mashing up two things. I, I call it Monday mashups. We'll do this every once in a while. Maybe we'll do it every Monday if I'm creative enough or if we have enough topics. Who knows? But at least for this Monday, I came up with the idea of quarterbacks as breakfast or brunch items. Some of it was was watching Josh Allen play on Saturday, which was an adventure <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so, Eddie, I don't know if you have one. Graham, you got one. Yeah. But I, I put up a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of things that I thought were fun. Like So, Josh Allen... I decided when I was watching him play, it's sort of like having mimosas, right? Like at brunch. Where like at first you're like, hey, this is kind of fun. This is kind of cool. And then after like too much of it, you're like wondering what's going on and you're just making really bad decisions, <laughs> which is a lot like what we saw from Josh Allen in that game uh, on Saturday against the, against the Houston Texans. Um, the other one I came up with, because Jameis Winston has to be something. I have him as steak and eggs. I could even like upgrade it to country fried steak and eggs because like, it's good, right? Like you really enjoy that, but you know too much of it's probably going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a Bruce Aarons quote. Right? A Bruce Aarons quote, right? There. I mean, like too much of it is probably going to kill you, and that's sort of what Jameis Winston is, right? Like when he's good, he's really, really good, but like you know, eventually he's going to do something that's going to kill your chances at some point. There, that so. is perfect. Um, going back to your your Josh Allen mm-hmm. uh, comparison, that's fantastic, by the way, Rob Perez. Uh, Worldwide Wob on Twitter. Who's great on Twitter. Fantastic on Twitter. He tweeted uh, during that the Bills game. He said, I've always wondered what J.R. Uh, Smith playing quarterback would look like. <laughs> <laughs> that's Josh that's Allen. Pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, I've got great. one here. Yeah. Uh, it, it's low-hanging fruit, but it's it's still good. Right. Joe Flacco's burnt toast. He's absolutely yeah. burnt toast yeah. at this point. Um, you know, no no amount of good jelly or butter can, can save <laughs> Joe Flacco. You can't you can't butter up Joe Flacco at this point with good receivers, good coaching. Right. He's burnt toast. And, and Lamar Jackson. He's the three-course breakfast meal. Oh, of course. He's the three-course. Whatever three courses you want. If you want eggs, bacon, French toast, mm-hmm. you want eggs uh, and some ham and, and maybe a you know, great glass, glass, glass of orange juice, Lamar Jackson has proven he is the, the three-course breakfast meal, and he just does everything at goat levels. Yeah. No, I mean, so I, I, I came up with this partially, too, because uh, our, our pal, Haitham Kalani, who uh, was one of the producers here, he always refers to you know, people or things as being oatmeal, which like, it's fine. You don't like clamor for it. So like, you know, I looked at it and like Kirk Cousins, 
Sort of oatmeal. That's literally what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to oh, say oatmeal, oatmeal, but sometimes with like a little bit, sometimes you put like cinnamon or like a little bit of right. brown sugar in it. Right. Like, you're like, oh, here and there, a couple of bites, you're like, oh, this is good. This is but good. more often than not, it just, it's just like, it's solid. just, it's, it's oatmeal. Just, yeah. You're fine. You know I mean? Like, you don't hate it, but it's not exciting. So, yeah. I, I don't know if, if you, did you have any, Eddie? I, I was going to say the Kirk Cousins one with the oatmeal because it's uh, like, you know, it doesn't win on Monday Night Football, but will somehow, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Who just went to war? Well, I'm saying that's the bite with, that's the bite with cinnamon. Cinnamon. cinnamon and brown sugar. Right. Uh, and the other bites <laughs> when you lose them on a football. Um, I mean, what's the the gold st- uh, eggs be- lobster eggs Benedict? As was I, Pat Mahomes. Ooh. Like, Ooh, yeah, nice. That's the, fancy. The, the nice. one, the the highest of high end. Right. Like, that's that's got to be Mahomes. That's fancy. Yeah, I like that. Sounds I like good that. too. Uh, I'm gonna put this out on Twitter too and let you guys uh, kind of weigh in and stuff. Because I feel like it'd be fun to just get some responses. Because this is the kind of goofy stuff we're gonna do in the off season. Because we got a long time before we get actual football to, to talk about. So uh, there you go. All right. I think that's it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, age is of no importance unless you're cheese. We'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.